As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Hi everybody, welcome to The Home Group. My name is Paul Renner and my father Rick Renner asked me to lead The Home Group tonight and I know that we're going to have a lot of fun. We're continuing to talk about why do we go to church? Why do you go to church? Write us in the comment section, let us know why you go to church. The Bible tells us that we're not to forsake the assembly, but what does that specifically mean to you? We've been talking about it for the last couple of days, and today we're going to finish this subject. I think you're going to enjoy it. As we talk about specifically why we go to church, we've been raising some very interesting questions because recently we found out that we don't have to go to church. We get to go to church, and actually attending church, uh, we've, we've begun to understand that it's something special. It's something special that we get to experience together. So that's what we're talking about tonight. And today with me in the home group is Joel and Maxime. It is so good to be with you all. And Paul, I think you're doing wonderful leading our home groups. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Joel. But dear home group, tell us what you think about what we're talking about. We would love to hear your comments about the previous two home groups. I think they've been very, very encouraging. But before we start tonight's home group, we've been having a lot of fun discussions, I would say. True. About the difference between online church and physical church and is one better than the other and i think maxime said it best both are good and uh, we need to do both i think that's very good maxime amen thank you joel and there should be no extremes like some people say only online or only physical church like apostle paul said i'm going to pray with my mind mm -hmm. i'm going to pray I'm with pray my it. spirit yes you should do both there should be no extremes like one extreme another extreme do both don't be just be, be wise, do both. Mm -hmm. But before we begin, I want to tell you a few things. If you need prayer, please call us at 1-800-742-5593 or email us at prayer at We believe in the power of prayer. And if you need someone to believe with you, we would love to do that. Just call us or write us, and we would love to pray with you. This book, Paul, has become a classic in the Christian world. It's an excellent book. It's an excellent, excellent book, and it talks about all the armor of God and how we can use that to fight the spiritual battle that we're in. We have an enemy... His name's the devil. And we can defeat him. We are defeating him. It's really amazing. And this book talks about how to use each element of the armor of God to defeat the devil, what each element represents, what they do, and how we can implement them in our own lives. And also you can get the whole series that Dad's talking about in his TV program, Dress to Kill, on our website. Or you can download the study guide for free right now. I think these study guides are very, very valuable because we're believing for the revival of the Bible in people's lives. And that can happen in your life. I hope it is. I pray it is. These study guides help you understand, look through the Bible, understand for yourself what the armor of God does. And I think that will really help you. Amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you that we can be together today. And Lord, I ask you to bless this home group, our fellowship, the fellowship that we have here. And Lord, I thank you that we can connect with everyone who's joining us during our home group in the name of Jesus. And everyone has said, Amen. 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 All right. So we've been talking about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, which says that we're not to forsake the assembly <clears throat> of ourselves, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So the Bible tells us not to forsake. And it's very interesting, Maxime, how you read from Sparkling Gems about what forsake means. Could you repeat that, please? <clears throat> Uh, well, the, the, I read about the word exhorting mm -hmm. and I, uh, 
May, may I read right now? I haven't read it yet. Okay. Pastor Rick explains the meaning of the word exhort, and I would like to read it. When you're feeling down, that's what you were talking about. You go to church to be encouraged or to encourage somebody else. When you're feeling down and out like a failure who is falling behind everyone else, that isn't the time for you to stay away from other believers as some are in the habit of doing. That is the very time that you need to come together for the sake of encouragement. And here's encouragement. So you can face your battles more bravely. Amen. We need each other's encouragement. And when you feel down and out or when you feel lonely, it's not the time to stay at home. When you're lonely, it's the time to look for fellowship. It's the time to do everything you can possibly do to be around other people, specifically around other believers. Because there's something in them, there's something in you that other people need. And as a pastor, I feel dependent upon the Holy Spirit in you. I am dependent upon what you bring to church when you come to the service. Now, I know that when we talk about the church, we're actually talking about people. We're not talking about a building, but I'm not talking about the building either. I'm talking about what happens when we as a people get together and start to worship the Lord and experience fellowship with Him and experience fellowship with each other. There's an amazing thing that happens when we begin to corporately pray in tongues. That after a little while, you get a sense of unity. You get, you get this special experience after you pray in tongues for a little while. Specifically, after everyone starts to join in and pray in tongues. Now, there's something wonderful that happens when I pray in tongues alone, when no one's around. That's great. But when I begin to pray in tongues with other believers, and when everybody joins in, first of all, when we pray in tongues, we get in sync or in unity with God. And then as the result of us all getting in sync with our spirits and with God, we begin to experience unity with each other. And that's something we can only experience during corporate prayer. That's something that only happens when we can actually see and hear other people pray. So there's so many things that the Lord has for us as a body, as the body of Christ, that we experience only when we're together. And there's an encouragement that happens that's not always vocal. There's an encouragement that happens that you may not even know about. Just because uh, you don't hear someone say, you're going to be okay, doesn't mean that there's, there's something in the atmosphere. There's something that you simply experience just because you see other people worshiping the Lord. And there's so much value in that. And David talks about beholding the beauty of the Lord. And he connects it to being in the temple. <clears throat> I love this verse, uh, Psalms 27. Dwell in the house of the Lord all my days to behold the beauty of the Lord, 27.4. That's what I pray for each of you, and that's really my expectation every time we come together as a church, that we as a church begin to behold the beauty of the Lord, something that happens special when we're gathered together. So, as... People are now having to make the choice 
how do they want to worship this Sunday? Or how do they want to experience church? Now, I don't like the way I even voiced that or worded that because we don't experience church. We're part of church. We don't attend church. We are the church. There's a big difference there. And church is not just simply what happens from the pulpit. The church is not the person holding the mic. The church is everyone in the room. The church is what happens when we gather together to worship Him. So sometimes our wording can trick us. Uh, So instead of saying attend church, be a part of church. Uh, Instead of saying watch church, worship with there's, there's, is it, we change the words sometimes and we lose, we lose a lot of what we were intended to get because sometimes we use the wrong terminology. <clears throat> so when I choose to participate, when I choose to be a part, something totally different happens. Now I know that a lot of people have been experiencing church or being they've chosen to uh, join from home, and many people are having to decide right now, will I stay at home or will I start going to church? And as restrictions are being lifted here in Moscow, and we're so grateful for that, I've actually had to ask myself, why do I attend church? Why do I go to church? Why am I part of a church? That's a strange, pastor, strange question for a pastor to ask. I should know the answer, but in all truth, I've probably never missed a Sunday. I grew up in church. In fact, I don't know what it would be like to not attend church. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, you uh, brush your teeth every morning. You just do it. Well, for me, church, it's something I do. I do it every single Sunday. In fact, I'm at church almost every single day, and I can't imagine my life without it. But that doesn't excuse me from thinking deeper and actually asking myself, why do I do this? I know that I do it, and I know that I should do it, but I have to ask myself, I need a personal answer for this question. Why do I do it? And this is what I discovered. I do it because I love Jesus. I love what Jesus loves. He's the head of the church. He came up with this idea, not people. I love the church because I love Jesus. And it's literally... A contradiction. It's a contradiction to say, I love Jesus, but I just can't stand going to church. That is a contradiction. (laughs) I love Jesus, but I just can't stand being around other believers. (laughs) You should actually begin doubting your salvation at that point. Because one of the byproducts of loving Jesus is loving the church, loving other people. That is one of the byproducts of your salvation. So, I... Love people because I love Jesus. I love the church because I love Jesus. And I want to be as close as possible to Jesus and to other people because that's what I love. Pretty simple. I hope it's that simple for you. And I really pray that you find a very simple answer to this question so that you actually know why you go to church, why you're a part of a church, and why you serve in church. Now moving on. Some people think that the church is something that men came up with. Some people think that the church is something that people do, something, it's a religious organization uh, that 
that, uh, that people, people are in charge of. It's true that there are pastors, it's true that there are bishops, it's true that there are leaders, and where would we be without our pastors and without our leaders? We all need pastors and we all need leaders. That's just a simple fact. Anything that needs to be organized requires a leader. It's that simple. But Jesus is the head of the church. And you have to have that basic, basic belief or understanding just like you believe that God is in heaven and he created the heavens and the earth. On that very same simple, basic level, you must believe that Jesus is the head of the church. And you believe that because that's what the Bible says. So uh, Joel, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, or you had something else you wanted to share. Yes, it was, it was from Psalms. Let me find it really quickly. I just think it's beautiful. Psalms 27. Here we go. So many Psalms. Okay, get in there. 27. I'm in 71. Okay, flipping more pages. This is live. This is our home group. All right, 27. I'm going to start with verse 4, Paul. Okay. What you already read. Yeah. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his, temp at his tabernacle, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Mm -hmm. Now, David Sock says the temple, the sanctuary, a few times in here, Paul. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about a physical location. Yes. He, he's not talking about um, getting together somewhere in the woods. He's talking about actually going to a physical location and worshiping the Lord, putting himself in that location and under that tabernacle, under that sanctuary, and worshiping with singing. So David was speaking about a physical, physical place. Mm -hmm. But today's world, you don't have to go to a physical location to be a church. The body of Christ is not a building, like you said. It's a group of people, and Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. That's why it's called the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's encouraging that David, he talked about so sincerely about being in the sanctuary, the temple, spending as many days he can as he can in that place. It's really precious, mm -hmm. precious scripture. Yeah. Joe, Maxime? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm so thankful for the physical church. I love going to church. And you're so right when you say that when there is a when we have opportunity to go to physical church, we should go because I want my son to grow in church. Mm -hmm. It's so important for the kids to experience real church. I don't want my son just to experience online church. I want him to experience real Sunday school mm -hmm. at my local church. But online church is so important. And, you know, I, I, forgive me if, if I'm going to mention something different, but I was just sitting here and thinking about Pastor Rick, about, what, eight nine, ten years ago, he started saying we need to build online ministry. We need yes. to build online ministry. And many of us were looking at him like, why? We were having wonderful, wonderful physical church. But mm -hmm. Pastor Rick, he heard from God. He was saying we need to build an on, uh, our online ministry, our online ministry. Many pastors could not understand what he was doing. But he started investing in online church, online ministry. And when this coronavirus situation happened, I told the pastor, I said, and we 
we just switch so fast. I remember you coming here in this very room. Oh, yeah. For how many hours every day you were ministering? Hours. Hours online. We had up to eight online events every day here. And what's amazing, I'm not bragging, but I'm, I, I, what I'm saying is truth. It, it, it's, 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 it's really what's happening. Our church grew when mm -hmm. this coronavirus situation happened. Our online church grew so fast. And I told Pastor Rick, I said, I said Pastor Rick, you're like Noah. Built an ark. The online ministry you built became our ark. Mm -hmm. We just got inside and we floated on water. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, this pandemic didn't harm mm -hmm. us, actually. Attendance grew immediately. Mm -hmm. And you worked so hard at this yeah. online church. Yes, I agree entirely. Great example. Uh, it's, it, Jesus definitely is the head of the church and he will lead you and the Holy Spirit will tell you about things to come so that you are prepared when tragedy happens because difficulties do arise and when things happen that you couldn't physically possibly believe the Holy Spirit will lead you just like he encouraged us to begin focusing on the online church. The online church was directly connected and is now connected, always will be connected directly to what happens in church. There's no online church if there's not somewhere where the service is actually happening. Very true. People at home are connecting via technology to something that's actually happening in a physical place. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, that physical place could be your bedroom, it could be your living room, it could be outside, but it's still something going on somewhere. Connect, and that's, and you're connecting to it, and that's, of course, where Matthew comes in, where Jesus says, wherever two or more are gathered together, it doesn't say you have to be in one place, but we must be together in His name. But it, you're still connecting to something that's happening somewhere. Great it's, example. It's happening, in, it's Great happening example. somewhere. Uh, and Joel, your example, or uh, Proverbs, Psalms 27, talks about coming to a physical location. David did, yes. Yes, because we need that. That is, that's our need. There's, there's no reason for having a physical location of, for worship beyond the understanding that God knows we need that, humans. We need to have a physical location that we come to to connect with Him. Now, we could worship, pray, connect with Him anywhere, but there are distractions everywhere else. Uh, and it's part of our nature. We need a place that is dedicated to certain things and specifically worship. And that's why we have houses of worship, because that's the only thing that happens there, the only thing that's meant to happen there. That's right. That's right. But of course, David didn't have online. Not that we know of. And I think if he did, he would have done both. Of course. He would have had online live feed right from the temple or wherever he would go, the sanctuary of the worship. But I think he would also go there. And we know he went to the temple and went to the, went to the sanctuary. He wrote about it. But while you wanted me to read Ephesians chapter 2. All right. We need to have the basic understanding that the church is not something that people came up with. When we humble ourselves to be a part of a body of believers, we're actually connecting ourselves to something that Jesus himself came up with. All right, Joel, yes, Ephesians uh, 1.22. Uh, 1.22, Ephesians. 
And God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he gave his authority for the benefit of the church. Mm -hmm. Well, my translation says, and gave him to be the head over all things in the church. So Jesus is the head of the church, yes. Ephesians 1.22 and uh, Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body of the church. Mm -hmm. So when we come to church and when we humble ourselves to join with a body of believers, at that moment we're actually saying, okay, I trust you. I trust you that you are the head of the church. You are speaking to the pastor, to the leaders of the church. You will speak to me through them and I receive whatever correction, encouragement, I need from you through these people. And that's how God works today. Of course, we have the Bible. That's the first place we find the will of God in our lives is the Bible. But today, God works through people. And when you humble yourself to be a part of a church, you're actually humbling yourself to be a part of the church that Jesus is the head of. But you're also consciously saying, I receive whatever it is that you, Lord, want to give to me through these people. Amen. Which brings us to a question we've already discussed. Why do you go to a specific church? Because you trust the leaders there. You trust the pastor. You like the atmosphere. But you're a part of that. You are a part of the atmosphere there. And sometimes you don't even know how much you're a part of it. And one thing that I really like about being in church is a lot of spontaneous things happen. You don't actually know who you'll bump into. Uh, you know, you don't know who you'll bump into when you're waiting for your coffee or your tea. You don't know who you'll bump into. Our church, we have a cloak room where you actually hand in your coats before you go into the sanctuary. You don't know who you'll end up sitting next to you. And you don't know what the Holy Spirit will do in your life through them or what you could possibly do in their life. You don't know who you'll bump into because the church is so much more than what's happening on stage directed to the auditorium. It's actually what's going on in the auditorium. It's when we're all there together. And that's, that's the part about church that it, I like the most. My kids, like I said, I want my son to experience real Sunday school at physical church. I don't want him to grow up just watching services online. So when there is a chance, go. Mm -hmm. But like Apostle Paul said, forgive me for repeating, I'll pray with my understanding. Mm -hmm. I will pray in the Spirit. I'll do both. We do both. I was looking on, on my phone at our website, and I was looking for the study guide, the series we filmed on signs of a good church. Mm-hmm. And we have a wonderful message on it. If you, if you want to see it, go to our website and look it up or go to our YouTube channel and you'll find it. But, Paul, I believe there are certain signs to know if you're going to a healthy church. Oh, definitely. Yes. Well, it's been great being with you tonight. Thank you for joining. We will continue our home group tomorrow. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful time of fellowship that you've given us. Amen. And I thank you, Lord, for leading us in this conversation. I ask you, Lord, to comfort those people right now who for some reason cannot physically attend a church service. And I thank you, Lord, for everyone who's doing online ministry right now to touch every life, every person we can possibly be touching. In the name of Jesus, amen. See you tomorrow. Thank you.